0: the Bible, he talks about uh, one of the angels, I believe, was delayed because of a, a little interception he had. Well, this morning, we, Jill and I, first of all, love to come to this church. As I walk in here, I just felt so peaceful. And the reason Jill and I can't come here so often is because of one of the story I'm trying to share is that I have four dogs that they're, on, they're going to be 16 and three of them are on medication, but one especially needs 24 hour care. And uh, I love my dog and I don't give up on them. And uh, they're very dear to me. So we, it's hard for us to be away two, three, four, five hours let alone. So we're really praying that God will watch over this one particular dog, it's Harley. When he's hungry, he's gotta eat. When he needs to go to the bathroom, he's gotta go. The others can wait. So uh, that's the reason we're not here so often. But remember, this is our birth church. This is where we were converted. So we have very close ties to this church. And I just want to remind all of you, in 2001, when we first came here, this church went through an incredible attack. They tried to get rid of Pastor Keala. And I'm afraid that's going to continue on because this church is very special and anointed. And I want all of you men, especially, or the whole church, when a pastor is hit, in the Western days, when they're traveling west, whenever they were attacked, what they did was they formed a huge circle and uh, waiting for the enemy. And what you need to do, instead of looking at yourself, is when Pastor Kelly is attacked, Form a huge circle around him and pray for him. Remember, he is your anointed. You don't mess around with anointed. King David knew that very well when Saul tried to kill him. So I just want to encourage you there is no perfect pastor. And trust me, I've worked with pastors for six years from all different denominations, sat with them in their office and listened to their stories. So they're not perfect. But I must say, being a pastor is so, so difficult. I even wrote a message a day in the life of a pastor. It is excruciating. It is very painful. You can't do right. That being said, I tried to get rid of my butterflies this morning, so I thought I would relax on the way from Hilo, so I had asked my wife to drive. You have to understand, my wife normally drives like an old lady. In, the, in, in, the, uh, in this message, I talk about how a wife can become like her husband, for good or bad. Well, you can call me Mario Andrade. This morning, my wife was Mrs. Mario Andrade. And I've never seen her hit the paddle so much. We were running a little late because we were trying to feed my dog. He wouldn't eat. So, Anyway, let me pray so I can get started. Dear Lord, I just thank you for the honor and privilege for having us here this morning. And Lord, I know being at the pulpit is is a privilege and honor to serve you. So Lord, I pray I can be a blessing to my brothers and sisters. Lord, especially my brothers. So Lord, this morning I pray that the Holy Spirit will go before me in speaking your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I believe the last message I spoke was men are fading fast. Well, that's passe. Men have faded. So you want a perfect marriage. Can you imagine the aesthetic feeling you would have if your wife came up to you and she said, how can I be a better wife? The honor you would have would be overwhelming. Of course, it would be absurd to expect that kind of a question to come between a husband and wife. But men, dream back in the chair for a second of your wife asking you such a question. Men and women enter marriage with a storybook expectation and limited training. A college student asked a girl what kind of a guy she would like to marry. Oh, she said, I'd like to marry a, a guy who can sing and dance and tell jokes and stay home at night. He told her, you don't want a husband, you want a TV. Her visions of a husband reveal one of the most common reasons marriage fails. We marry with unrealistic expectations and with few of any or any caring skills. In fact, most of us are rather fuzzy when it comes to our spouse's real needs. It takes about four years for a plumber to get his license. A marriage license requires two willing hot bodies. Most of us men bounce through the education corridors without any basic communication courses or skills, let alone how to build a meaningful relationship. In short, most men have no idea how to love their wives in a way that would make both of them happy. Some men are passive, thinking it's love. Others are controlling or abusive. How sad, We men don't know how to win our wives back, let alone how to keep from losing them. How can we win their affection, their respect, their love and cooperation when we don't even know where to begin? Instead of trying to learn what it takes to mend a crack marriage, most of us would rather jump on the divorce bandwagon. We violate the relationship laws inherent in marriage and then we wonder why it all has gone sour. Most men ignore the biblical principles found in 1 Peter 3:7. It is the cornerstone of all relationships. Grant her honor. Honor basically means to attach a high value or worth or importance to a person or thing. I would venture to say that most marital difficulties center around one fact. And that is, men and women are totally different. The difference emotionally, mentally, physically are so extreme that without a concentrated effort to understand them, it's nearly impossible to have a happy marriage. A psychiatrist once said After 30 years of studying women, I ask myself, what do they want? If that is the answer, can you imagine where we stand? Just when you think you've got them figured out, they change, just like golf. You may be already aware of some of the differences. But hang on, man. There are going to be many, many surprises. Did you know virtually every cell in a man's body has a chromosome makeup that is entirely different from those in a woman's body? Women tend to be more personal than men. Women have a deeper interest in people and feelings and in building relationships, while men tend to be more preoccupied with practicalities that tend to be understood only through logical deduction. Men tend to be less desirous and knowledgeable in building intimate relationships. Nearly every man enters marriage believing his love for his wife will never change. Yet in the USA, for every two marriages, one fail. Why? Because we have believed in Hollywood's version of love or passion. But it doesn't take long to discover that mere passion, which revolves around lust, is not sufficient for a lasting relationship. In 1 Thessalonians 4:5, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Passion works harder on the emotions than companionship. It's a type of love that makes the heart work overtime. The Greeks called this eros, a sensual and physical form of love. But if passion exists without genuine love, usually lust give way to disgust, repulsion, just as it did with King David's son Amnon, who hated Tamar after he raped her. Unfortunately, too many couples begin their marriage thinking. This kind of love is all they need. On companionship, we are talking about the, I like you feelings we have for each other. The kind of love that pleasantly stimulates all the senses. She smells good, she feels good, she sounds good. She is pleasant company because she makes me happy. You love her like you love pizza and sushi. Many relationships begins with this type of love. We all notice attractive features in others. Soon we find ourselves enjoying parts of their lives that makes us feel good. Though this love is the foundation for many relationships, it doesn't always withstand the pressures of time. After two or three years, the wife changes, the husband changes. The older we get, the more we change we all change every year to some degree, the danger arises is that when we base our love on the changeable characteristics that we found attractive on the companionship level. Our feelings go colder and colder and colder until we finally wonder what we liked about our spouse in the first place. so we're off to look for someone new to love it's easy to see why companionship love have trouble maturing or lasting over the years genuine love is completely different it means i see a need in you may i have the privilege of meeting it instead of taking for itself genuine love give to others it is self sacrifice love at its best. It motivates us to help others to reach their full potential in life. Most importantly, genuine love has no qualification. It doesn't say, I'll be your friend if you'll be mine. In 1 Corinthians 13:4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not puffed up. It does not parade itself bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The ability to to love in a selfless way is dependent upon your level of maturity, some of the lowest levels of immaturity, jealousy, anger, envy, self-control, or controlling circumstances. I believe the more we help others achieve their full potential in life, the closer we are to maturity. What do you think is the major stumbling block for most husbands in developing a lasting love for their wives? It is failing to meet a woman's need from her viewpoint. If you have never, ever done so, find out what your wife needs to be fulfilled as a woman then look for special ways to fulfill her needs. Don't despair, it takes a long time to develop a sturdy relationship. While let me assure you that we as husband, as husbands generally do not know what you need. So we ask you to help us learn by telling us your needs in a gentle, loving way. Let us know when we aren't meeting your needs, not in a critical way, but in a gentle way. Otherwise, we may get discouraged and leave. I believe a woman needs to be in harmony with her husband through a deep, intimate relationship. She needs comradeship, a feeling of togetherness. To satisfy your wife, I believe you need to make a dedicated effort to meet each of her, each of her needs, in such as these. This is just a small example. Your wife needs to feel very, very valuable in your life, more important than your mother, your children, your job, your friends. I said your mother. When your wife is stressed out and hurting, she needs to know that you are willing to share an intimate moment of comfort without lectures. She needs to be praised so she can feel a valuable part of your life. She needs to know that you will defend and protect her. She needs to know her opinion is valuable, that you will discuss decisions with her. She needs to share your life with her, with you in every area, home, outside interests, family. She needs you to be, she needs you to be the kind of men her son would want to follow and her daughter would want to marry. She needs to be tenderly held often. She needs to be tenderly told often, I love you. A woman is very tender. When her needs are not met, when her needs are met, she gains security and glows with a sense of well-being. And some of that glow will rub off on you. If your wife doesn't win first place, you lose. A woman's sparkling affection toward her husband is diminished when he begins to prefer other activities and people over her. Many times, he is not aware of the misplaced priorities that damage her and their relationship. For a, wife, for a marriage to flourish, a wife desperately needs to know that she has a very special place in her husband's heart. And that can be only confirmed by his deeds. In fact, a husband's relationship with God should be the only priority above his wife. A success in marriage is based on a successful relationship with God. Many husbands are shocked when their wife leaves for no reason at all, so it seems. They feel they have provided everything for their wife that they could have possibly needed. Nice home, nice cars, money. Yet that wasn't enough. Why? Because a woman needs a lot more than things. A friend of mine came home one evening, found a note. His wife left him. He was devastated. He could not figure out why. We were at a fellowship meeting. We're sitting around the dining table and talking stories. This gentleman kind of boasted about his golf game, and he gets to do what he wants because he provides everything for his wife, a nice house, nice car, money. His wife looked at him cross-eyed and said, that's not true. We are blind as men as long as we have our projects and toys. I have met creative businessmen who make large sums of money with their business skills and who keep their employees satisfied with respect and an awareness of their needs. Isn't it ironic that such intelligent men can go home at night and not even know how to apply the same principles to their wives? Could it be that the most important accomplishment ends at 5 PM? Haven't you heard of golf widows? Whether it be golf or tennis or other activities, your wife and your marital happiness will suffer if most of your time and efforts are directed toward other interests, leaving cold leftovers for your wife. A wife can feel less important just by comparing the amount of time spent with her to the time spent elsewhere. Feelings follow thoughts and action. In other words, the warm inner feeling that I have for Jill began to burn after I have placed the queen's crown upon her head. In Matthew 6, we're told that whatever we treasure or value is what we'll have feelings for. Women need to see effort, not hear words and promises like a politician. Sure, you're learning to scale the cliffs and hurdle the crevices. The more consistently loving you are as husbands, the more trustworthy you become to your wives. The most important way I've ever expressed my love to Jill was when I finally attached a high value to her when I decided that next to my relationship with God and his word, she was worth more to me than anything on this earth. And she knows it. Wives need proof of change over the years in several areas before they will believe their husband's commitment. Careful listening without justification or argument. Can you imagine a husband being able to justify everything he has ever done to hurt his wife. Why men cannot see what they are doing to their wives. It is difficult for a man to converse with his wife without challenging the meaning of various words she uses to express how she feels inside. A husband can overlook if a husband can overlook the actual word she uses to express how she feel and instead actively pursue what she means, fewer arguments would take place. One of the issues that weakens a family is the husband's unwillingness in admitting errors. Men's thinking is to admit error is to reveal weakness. The opposite is true. When a husband admits he has hurt his wife, she begins, she, she feels better just knowing he, she, he understands. His admission of wrong can produce a much stronger marriage. Not only that, it demonstrates that he is a wise man, because the scripture tells us only the wise seek correction. In Proverbs thirteen eighteen, he who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. What if you've been doing everything to let your wife know that she is first place in your life and she still doesn't believe you've changed? Do you throw your hands up and disgust, or do you persuade her over time? Patience, my son. Her initial respect for you wasn't lost overnight. It certainly will, be, will not be gained in a day. Show her no matter how long it takes, you are willing to earn your respect, her respect. Impatience is the tool of the flesh, misunderstanding is the tool of the devil. 1 Corinthians 13 7 to 8 It always protects, always trusts, always perseveres. Love never fails. There are basically two reasons why a wife can become less important to her husband. A man will pursue and charm a woman with cards and letters. He will even brush his teeth, take a bath. He will even take her out to dinner, anything to win her over. But after the wedding, he feels he has conquered her. She is his, so he doesn't have to maintain the level of enthusiasm and creativity that he had before they were married. He, she is his emotionally and legally. The husband may say to himself, I have my wife, now I need to conquer my job or my business. Each frontier is viewed as a new conquest, a new experience. Almost anything is sweet to a starving man, but when he is full, even honey is nauseating to him. Proverbs 27.7. In a very real sense, a man is filled up because she is now part of him. He believes he is experienced her in every area spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. He may feel there is nothing left to know about her. He is satisfied and therefore has a tendency to pursue other potential frontiers. I wonder how many wives if they could ask this question. How can I get my husband to love me? as much as I love him. Putting your wife in a number one slot doesn't shackle you to the house. Instead, it frees you of the dread of going home. Remember, when a wife feels she is the most important, she gets excited that her husband gets to do what he wants to do. But don't try to deceive her by simply telling her she's number one, because when she finds out that you have manipulated her and deceived her, you're dead meat and it'll be worse than the day Pearl Harbor was attacked. (laughs) If you feel your marriage is, uh, is able to withstand this test without arguments, it would improve matters. Here are a few questions you can ask your wife to open up a discussion concerning her real feelings about the place she shares in your life. One, do you feel you're a most important person in my life? Two, are there any activities in my life you feel are more important to me than you? Three, are there any special ways you believe I would better communicate how important you are to me? That one there, all the red flags went up. All the women in here already have the answer. They're ready to go. Where have we gone wrong? That is the question most couples ask when their marriage is in crisis mode. Why don't we feel romantic anymore? Why do we argue so much? Why do we avoid touching each other? Instead of maintaining a car, we wait until it dies on the highway and give it all the attention we can. Marriage is much like that. The problems are not primarily related to incompatibility, financial pressures, or other issues. They are a direct result of accumulated offenses. If a husband and wife can understand how to maintain harmony by immediately working to clear up all the hurtful offense between them, they can, climb out of, they can climb out of such common problems, even marriages deepest pit, divorce. When a man treats his wife carelessly, she is usually offended far, far deeper than he can imagine. She begins to close him out. And if he continues to hurt her feelings, she, he, she will <laughs> separate herself from him emotionally, physically, and mentally, in other words. She doesn't want any contact with him in any way. Haven't you noticed how your wife clams up when you've insulted her? She avoids conversation and avoids being touched. Some people justify their reactions by saying, he or she hurt my feelings. There is no such thing as hurt feelings. According to psychologist Dr. Henry Blant, he says, let's call hurt feelings what they really are, anger. Our goal as husbands should be to adjust our behaviors so our wives won't have to react to anger. When a real harmony and oneness exists between you and your wife, you want, both of you would want to relax and spend time talking. Your wife would be more agreeable. She will be emotionally and physically attracted to you. But when you have offended her, she will resist you and argue with you. Wives are often accused of being rebellious and strong-willed when in reality they are just reacting to their husband's thoughtless abuses. They are sometimes accused of wrecking marriages because of their lack of affection or romantic love for their husbands. Of course, husbands seldom realize that their insensitive behavior is what ushered the affection out the door. When a woman is mistreated, she feels like a prostitute having physical relations with her husband. A woman must first know she is valued as a person and be in harmony with her husband. Honor thy wife. To change the course of a broken marriage, you need to admit to yourself specifically what you have done to weaken your relationship and not wanting to admit Heads to destruction. The greater your understanding of her suffering, the easier it can be for you to see what you have done wrong and to take the hardest step expressing your sincere sorrow for your offensive behavior. I can just hear some men now, oh, you don't know my wife. You don't know how she treats me. I would simply ask you this question. Was she this way when you married her? If she was, you deserve her. But I know in my heart, she became this way. After she lived with you, she became just like you. Whew, if I can get through that, I think I'll be making it at home, honey. i would be able to play <laughs> golf with both hands and both feet. No man has run up here to knock me down. We're almost finished, man. Believe me, I really don't care to preach about this kind of message. As a matter of fact, the only reason I'm here here is two reasons because the dear Elder Leroy he's much bigger than I am and I'm afraid to say no to God. (laughs) I'll say this much, and this is real serious. If you want your marriage to grow, if you want your marriage to grow to levels you won't believe, tell God you want to get involved in men's relationship, marriage relationship, mentoring men. You will be attacked so many ways, you won't even believe it. Your marriage will be attacked. You will be attacked. Your house, your dog, your fi- everything will be attacked. But God said he will never allow anything to happen without a way out. Because of this ministry that I have, our marriage is where it is. Because of going through the fire, it has been hell. But you know whose responsibility? I have to change. So whatever I'm speaking to you, man, been there, done that. I am not speaking up here just to be self-righteous. It's been a tough, tough road. I have been in deep prayer with God, and he has taken me down to the abyss and it says, are you clean? I came up, and he says, no, you're not clean, and taking me down again. I've gone through a lot of stuff. So, but praise God that Jill and I have a marriage on a level that we have never been before. Seek her forgiveness for your offensive behavior A woman needs a man who understands the depth of her grief after his hurtful behavior. A woman loves to hear a man say, will you forgive me? After she verbalizes, yes, you're forgiven, she is freer to restore her side of the relationship. However, if her husband simply says, oh, I'm sorry, that is simply not enough. Will you forgive me proves that he values her side of the relationship. A flippant, I'm sorry, means I'm sorry for getting caught. Genuine, hum, genuine humbleness and love says, will you forgive me? Because forgiveness is the sister to, I love you dearly. Let her see your consistent and sincere efforts to correct an offensive behavior. This is another way of saying repent for the Greeks. The word repent literally means to turn around. It means that you have to change your way of acting or thinking to Christ's likeness. In Luke 17, three, so watch yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. When you marry a woman, you inherit the way she was treated by her father, her mother, her brothers, her sisters, and friends. She is a sum total of her environment, her associations, and her life as a single person. Here again, let's keep in mind that God has called the man to be the leader in nurturing his wife and children. Ephesians 5.43. If he leads in a offensive, harsh, angry behavior, he will reap the result in a weakened or fractured marriage. The main problem that we men have to overcome is our lack of knowledge and skills to nurture our wife to a level from which we can enjoy a growing and loving relationship. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of this is love. The biggest change our marriage needs is for us men to keep our mouths shut. Ephesians 4, 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. A study has shown that women admire and honor a husband who admits when he is wrong. I believe a man needs to humble himself daily to be interested in his wife's ideas to improve. In Proverbs 9.9, give instruction to a wise man, and he will be wiser still. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Many husbands refuse to listen to their wise advice because of hang-ups over choice of words or attitudes. Macho independence is men's unwillingness to our dependency on our wives. Most men don't understand the difference between being dependent on a wife as a strength versus being dependent on weakness. Dependency on strength is when we share our vulnerable side with her in hopes she will to share our vulnerable side with her so she can contribute to our lives. Dependency as a weakness is when we share our vulnerable side with her in hopes she will rescue you. Most men don't appreciate how important their attachment to their wives are until they leave, dies, or falls to illness. Recently, I've been, uh, because of the schedule in the gym for a couple of weeks, I've changed my exercise schedule, so I've decided to go running at 4 in the morning, and you can't see your hand in front of your face. so. I always ask Jill to come with me. And for some reason, she said, "Okay, she'll go. And so she said something very interesting. I always try to get Jill to go golfing with me, or if I'm working on a project, just to have her there. And it just, I can't explain the feeling, except it makes me feel a oneness complete. Anyway, Jill didn't get it. So she told me something interesting. And I don't know exactly how she put it, but she said, I could never understand why you want me to go biking with you, and we don't talk all that much. We talk, but, and that she read something that a man loves to have his woman near. And that's the way I feel. I feel complete when she's with me. I have to say, though, when we play golf, I play really good golf when she's with me. (laughs) Really, I mean, I do stuff that, whoo, if I told other men, they wouldn't believe me. I'd like to share this story that I've shared before, but I like to hear it because it kind of humbles me. A couple was out for a drive in the country when they pulled into a service station for gasoline. As the husband went to pay, the wife carried on a conversation with the guest attendant. As they drove off, the husband said, aren't you glad you, you, you didn't marry the guest attendant? The wife looked at the husband and said, If I had married the guest attendant, you would be standing there and he would be sitting here. We as husbands need to be aware of the amount of stress our wives face daily. To aid your wife in stress, you must be aware of the situations that causes her anxieties Discover where your wife needs protection. Discover areas which your wife feels vulnerable. Discover what problems your wife wants to solve. Another way to cherish your wife is to help her become fulfilled as a woman. You can do this by discovering her personal goals in life and helping her reach them. We all love to know when someone is pulling for us. Jesus left us an example by sharing his life with the disciples. They traveled, ate, slapped, healed, and ministered together. He guided, guarded, prayed for them, and kept them. John 17, his example of togetherness and oneness is a constant reminder for all of us. Studies have shown that children are much more willing to copy their parents' actions rather than their words. More is caught than taught. The same principle applies to adults in relationship. A wife is subconsciously much more willing to emulate her husband's attitude if they have a good relationship. Unfortunately, the converse is true also. The more a husband demands that his wife change when he is not a good example himself, the less likely she is to improve herself. A friend of mine, and I'm sure that many husbands have done this, A friend of mine desperately tried to get his wife to lose weight. In desperation, he offered to buy her a brand new Mercedes 500 SL. This car cost over $100,000. When a person is criticized, a person can lose desire and energy to try because it tends to reinforce the person's hateful attitude who is doing the criticizing a husband's tender sensitive, and understanding attitude creates far more desire within a wife than anything else he can do. No, she did not change, but he bought a car anyway. Another way to increase your wife's desire to improve your marriage is to share how you feel instead of demanding that she change. In other words, learn to express your feelings through loving attitudes. Warmth, apathy, and sincerity. Learn to communicate with love, thinking of the best for your spouse. Loving attitudes dramatically (coughs) increase a spouse's desire to communicate. Warmth is the friendly acceptance of a person, the feeling that a person is important enough for your time and effort. Apathy is the ability to understand and identify your wife's feelings. Can you put yourself in her shoes and see the situation from her vantage point? Sincerity is showing a genuine concern for your wife, both in public and at home. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the spirit is peace, love, joy, goodness, kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control, and (laughs) faithfulness. Psalms 5110, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Soon they will join us as we climb hand over hand to the goal of a loving marriage. Finally, men. Supposing the only way we could get to heaven was to honor our wives. How many of you, how many of us would make it? I want to encourage all of you men to be accountable to someone. Find a good Christian buddy that you can exchange war stories with. This morning, I want to thank my dear compadre Enrique. I love that man. He's, he's such a blessing to me. And uh, he's such a blessing to his whole family. He's a pillar in his family. And I want to say Enrique is perfect, but we all know he's not perfect, but I think he's perfect. He's such a dear friend and brother. And I want to thank Enrique for coming. Man, I cannot encourage you enough that if you don't honor your wives, you will never reach your manhood And if you don't reach your manhood, you will never honor your wife. And if you don't honor your wife and you don't reach your manhood, you're not going to be a good leader in this church. You can go through the motions. You can pretend. But in the end, you're going to be attacked. The devil always looks for weak links. And I hope all of you men can button up your shoes and do something for your wives today. I want to thank all of you for your patience.